Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating and really the most helpful leaders in the business community from around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business. And would you like to meet today the leader of probably the most courageous army on the planet? Well, that individual is right here today with his full vision, Mr. Mel Duncan, whose belief in the power of peace has led him to found the Nonviolent Peace Force, which is its really an unbelievable team of men and women who are totally unarmed, who face down very well-armed military groups in all shapes and sizes to help prevent uh, the rape, pillage, massacre, and all the general violence that unfortunately goes hand in talon with war and conflict. And so this story of the nonviolent peace force and the lives saved and the destruction, destructive violence that's ended, just take this as our Christmas gift of hope to you. So whether you're an American expat theologian in Switzerland tending his flock by day and working on groundbreaking breaking treatises by night like uh, Henry, or you're co-CEO of a business valuation firm helping both parties pull together a fair deal like PJ does, Pull your chair up a little closer. Join our Feast of Wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish and to lift your spirits by this example today. Mel, welcome back to the Art of the CEO. You are a breath of fresh air in these times, i got to tell you. Well, thank you, Bart. It's good to be here with you again this year. Oh, it's, it's wonderful to hear of what you've been doing. Now, Mel... As I understand it, the uh, Nonviolent Peace Force has, for the first time in its 14 years, set a team down on American soil to ease tensions in uh, the North Dakota area by the uh, pipeline and also in Bismarck. But before we get into that, uh, I'd really like to give everyone a little grounding, help folks better understand who you are and what you're doing. And because you've taken up this challenge of halting violence in war-torn areas, how on earth did you do that? Could you could you give us a, a brief overview on your strategy for handling this mission? Nonviolent Peace Force is an international organization of women and men who are invited to areas of violent conflict, invited to war zones. And while we're there, our focus is on the direct protection of civilians and working with local organizations to prevent further violence and then strengthening the peace infrastructure that's already in those communities. Because one of the things we've learned over the years, Bart, is that every community, no matter how small or how large, has within it its own structures for peace. Sometimes those oh. structures get, get overwhelmed because of outside interventions or spikes in violence, but it's in the end the communities that have to heal themselves. So often our right. is to help get the localized violence back to a place where the communities can protect themselves. 
and the the normal workings of peace can go on. It's it's an amazing, noble, wonderful mission. But I I just keep having this vision in my head that that you have unarmed, dedicated individuals uh, whom you're literally putting in harm's way, and they're standing between unprotected townsfolk and the barrels of AK-47s wielded by a group of uh, not always so tightly controlled combatants. And and somehow they prevent disaster. What are one or two of the weapons that your team has uh, in its arsenal against an armed marauder? Let me illustrate uh, a couple of examples. Okay. Our largest team is in South Sudan, where we have uh-huh. 150 trained unarmed civilian protectors who come from 25 different countries. Half of them come from South Sudan itself because at least half of our civilian protectors always come from the host country. So there has been a reignition of a civil war, which is quite extreme, uh, that happened three years ago right now. And uh, the fighting is, is very bloody. Tens of thousands of people have flocked to uh, areas surrounding UN compounds for some semblance of security. Right. Not a camp, because that would dignify the, the conditions too much, but there are as many as 100,000 people living in some of these areas. Oh, my, oh my Our God. teams uh, live and work in three of those areas. Every day, Women have to leave those areas to go out in the bush and to collect firewood because they sure. need to cook to support their families. Yeah, yeah. Routinely, these women are gang raped by armed actors oh, because gender-based violence rape is a weapon, a weapon and part of a strategy of modern warfare. Yeah, what well, it's, it's found, as old as, as war itself, I mean. Sadly. Yes, but I think it's it's being more strategically applied today than in oh, the older really? days. But it hmm. it always is a tool of dominance. Um, yeah, yeah. And so, what we found, Bart, is if three to five of our people accompany these women as they go into the bush. Sometimes yeah. as far as 15 kilometers now to collect firewood. Oh, jeez. Yeah, of if course we, you need to move it up all the time. If we are with those women, the soldiers look the other way. They leave them really? alone. Hmm. That has been very successful now for a Wonderful. couple of that's 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 amazing, Mel. I, I'm I'm really overwhelmed, and I'm so glad that it is working, and that the courage of people to stand up for peace is is going forward. It, it's it's a great ray of hope. And um, after that, really sort of brief but enlightening uh, nosh at today's feast of wisdom, I'm very glad to hear it. And I but allow me at this point before we go any further to fulfill my duties as proper host and lay before you a few utensils for uh, furthering of, of today's feast. And the first utensil, as I always do, 
allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. Now, that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career. So please allow me to ask, will this be the day that you push back that flood of fears that hamper whatever job or project you're working on and lift your eyes to that original exhilarating vision? Or will you be hemmed by the mistaken myth that you never can be too careful nowadays? <laughs> the choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I think you need to steep your lips into a little laughter taste and taste the scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. And so this one is totally fitting. It's number 32. It says, the holidays are when nice folks metamorphose into legions of consumers who stampede through the worst possible weather to pay the highest possible prices to ensure that retailers will have lavish gifts for their families. <laughs> and as an afterthought, you know, you, you don't really have to understand Christmas to profit from it, but, but maybe, just just maybe, there's more to all of this giving spirit than pure marketing seduction. Perhaps a little thoughtful reflection and a visit to your house of faith might give a hint as just to what powers at work here. And if you smirked a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books, Phil. Just visit bartsbooks.com. That's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And pick up your copy of 101 Best Business Quips or the in exquisitely uh, cleverly named 102 Best Business Quips. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll have, you're going to have a whole arsenal of agile-witted cleverisms that are going to make you just the real charm of the wage slaves at work. And as a third utensil, perhaps we should appropriately call this the plowshare knife, we proffer you the answer to last week's business quotations. And that is the name of the author who noted there are two kinds of people those who do the work and those who take the credit try to be in the first group. There's a lot less competition there. <laughs> that was spoken by none other than India's third prime minister, Indira Gandhi. So stick with us because later on in, uh, in the show comes blurting your way another quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a marvelous gift <clears throat> freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So, with our utensils in hand and a holiday smile on your heart, turn your best listening ear back to Mr. Mel Duncan as he unfolds the tale of how nonviolent peacemaking is done. Mel, I was wondering if you could share to us, uh, share with us a, a, a recent example of your involvement um, in the access, uh, the, the Dakota Access Pipeline protesters and the campsites. I mean. This is uh, this is a departure for you. Uh, you're on American soil now, is it? Uh, is it not? Um, what are the tensions you're seeking to ease there? Bart, it's really not a departure for us. We are an mm. international organization. We're based in Brussels. Our board comes from throughout the world, and they look at areas of violent conflict and start to analyze can we play a significant role in protecting civilians and deterring violence? 
So in mid-November, our board met, and amid their deep analysis of places like Burundi, South Sudan, Myanmar, Syria, they also looked at the Standing Rock, Bismarck, Mandan area and felt strongly that we needed to send a team there as well. We had already had an assessment team that was there at the end of October. And our uh, first people arrived there a week ago today. And they are, incidentally and very interestingly, led by two of our veterans uh, who have worked with us for many years, a fellow uh, named Tiago from Brazil and a woman named Marta from Colombia. Uh, Hmm. What they are doing... I think that's... Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's that's fascinating that uh, it's sort of uh, like many of the areas of this country where foreign uh, foreign born folk are coming in to act as missionaries in the US we always thought it went the other way and I think that there's sort of that feeling here that now we are bringing in uh, a Brazilian and a Colombian to help us uh, bring the, the the valuable gift of peace right here and I think that's it's, it's great I now I know obviously you to do this uh, you have to pick your battles very, very carefully. And could you give us a little bit of some of the assessment and planning that went into before you said put these folks boots on the ground? And uh, could you, could, I mean, the assessment, what, what really were you seeing? What was the problem? Well, we were seeing a number of things. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, we were seeing a very, very strong nonviolent effort uh, that was being led by the tribal council. Uh, right. And I, I was there uh, a few weeks ago, and what I saw, I think, in American history is at least as significant as what happened in Selma in uh, the 1960s. I no kidding. Seen a uh, movement that is coming out of the Native American community led by the Standing Rock tribe. But what's very significant, 300 other tribes have come to join them uh, in this protest. We also see uh, a highly militarized response. There's not only the uh, Sheriff's Department, there are also sheriff's departments and local police forces that come from around the region in uh, this shared compact that they have. What they bring... Now, are these these part of tribal forces or are they uh, exterior government forces? forces? These are the forces that are uh, blocking the uh, access to the drilling site itself. The issue is around a pipeline uh, that uh, is supposed to transport oil from the Bakken oil field in northwestern uh, North Dakota down to a uh, terminal in Illinois. It's about a $3.8 billion project. It originally was supposed to go under the Missouri River 
north of Bismarck and Mandan, the major population centers in the area. But people right. brought up what happens if there's a rupture. And indeed, a couple sure. days ago, in another part of North Dakota, there was a rupture. These things happen. Mm. They happen with frequency. So when they, when they looked at that, they said, no, we will reroute it south of those population areas. And they are rerouting it through sacred land a half a mile north of the Standing Rock Indian Reservation. And so it's a disregard. It is a part of a long line of abrogations of treaties going back to 1851. At the same But now, Mel, where is the violence, the potential violence coming from? Where is the clash? I, the clash started I, when I, the people who are the water protectors I, encamped in uh, two areas, one on uh, tribal land in a camp called uh, Sacred Stone and the other on Army Corps of Engineer land. And as of a couple of years or a couple of weeks ago, there were as many as 7,000 people who were encamped there. Now, that number right. has gone down uh, since the Army Corps of Engineers uh, denied uh, easement uh, a week ago Sunday, and right. the tribe asked the campers to leave. And so we, we estimate there's about 1,000 people still there uh, in very cold circumstances, very deep snow. Uh, and there's a bit of a lull now uh, mm-hmm. as we See what happens. Uh, the, uh, there have to be a much broader environmental impact study that's done now. The uh, delay. There's a delay. There very well will have to be a reroute. However, things might dramatically change on January 20, 20th with the inauguration. So the main thing sure. we're doing now is meeting with all of the major stakeholders meeting with political leaders, meeting with the tribal council, meeting with people in the camp, meeting with local law enforcement, and building up communication and relationships. So this is, again, you're going back to the peace, building up the existing, the gathering together the threads of the peaceful community into a single single idea, uh, into a single again, community that is going to, uh, that will, will rebuild itself and hopefully maintain. No, I think, it's, I think it's amazing. Go ahead. I want to emphasize, Bart, that there are really good, hardworking people in that area who were there before this controversy, are there now, and will be living there after this controversy. And they're the ones who are taking the lead and doing a lot yeah. of reconciliation and peace building. So we will be there to provide support, to provide training in unarmed civilian protection so when civilians are under threat, local people can be better able to provide effective protection. We'll uh, provide them with support as they do that and build up a a core of local people who will be well-trained in unarmed civilian protection by January 20th. That's that's great. That is 
Well, I'm so glad. And there you have it, my friends, <clears throat> a gift of hope from uh, some very, very hardworking people who are laboring to bring it about. And right now it is time for me, as time is racing away from us here, to take, let's take a brief survey from this marvelous news that, that Mel is giving us and allow me uh, to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we're here today. That company is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, uh, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit that store online, bartsbooks.com, browse its bookstores, and let your fingers stroll through all the previews and the valuable business tools. And you might, as you're wandering across there, come across uh, one book. Uh, Actually, this is the book that launched this whole bizarre radio show to begin with. It is of the same title, The Art of the CEO, and it's a volume which collects and distills the most masterful practices of business leaders from around the globe, and it presents them to you for your own career and your own company. And I can say little more about it than this book has been praised by radio host and CEO himself, Daryl Gunter, who has labeled it as, quote, one of the best business leadership books I have read in my career, full of wisdom, what are you waiting for? There's enough said. So go to that, get yourself a good copy, give yourself a gift this Christmas. And while you're at yourself giving yourself gifts, don't forget when you're on the homepage of BartsBooks.com to clip on that little, uh, that, click on that little uh, blue mailbox, and that will bring you a fresh quip and afterthought flinging your way through the amazingly overwhelming and overwhelmed enigma of email, uh, a little dose of laughter for you every week. And speaking of things that are bringing you a little knowledge and a lot of hope, uh, we bring you back now to Mr. Mel Duncan, founder of the Nonviolent Peace Force, and we're going to learn a little bit of some of the more effective ways that the unnecessary horrors and hate of conflict-torn areas are being brought about. Now, Mel, I, I just want to uh, show you how widely, show our, our friends how widely uh, the uh, Nonviolent Peace Force is. When I read your in, the endorsement list, it, it's like the roster of the, the globe's wisest Nobel laureates and respected statespeopleos and world leaders. Could you give us a few, just, just tell us a few of the people who have supported your, your uh, noble work? We have... Ten Nobel Peace Prize laureates. Uh, they include <laughs> His Holiness uh, the Dalai Lama, Desmond Tutu, oh Tutu Lech Walesa, Murray Corrigan McGuire, uh, and, and a variety of other Nobel Prize winners, uh, as well as people on the ground. Uh, because Bart, while we have these. Uh, luminaries. And as you said in your quote earlier, uh, there are those who do the work and those who take the credit. And not to say that the people (laughs) I just named haven't done a lot of work and still are. What's significant is for every Nobel Peace Prize winner, there are tens of thousands of other people at work in the world at the same time. Well, Mel, could you I give wanted... us a little bit about some of your your, your peace force people? I mean, uh, I can hear someone on uh, saying that they might want to get involved. They might want to be a, a, a soldier. Uh, first of all, uh, 
could you tell us a little bit about where they're coming from and where where your supporters are coming from and what are some of the ideas and ideals that are bringing them to your door? Our teams come from throughout the world, as I said, uh, 25 different countries. Their median age right now is about 32. They uh, come with a variety of backgrounds, backgrounds in cross-cultural work, backgrounds in uh, humanitarian work, backgrounds in international law, backgrounds in community organizing. We have some journalists, some teachers, mm-hmm. And Wait a minute, hold on, the- Mel, just to, let me interrupt you there. You say you even have journalists and and uh, people of the Fourth Estate? Yes. My yes, goodness. Well, some, uh, I, I, I'm very us. idealistic, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, and I have slightly suicidal tendencies to stand up for what I believe in. Uh, do you think I would make a good, a good uh, warrior for the nonviolent peace force? Not if you think it's suicidal. Because it's not. We are <laughs> oh, not thank goodness. We are not doing this to make ourselves martyrs. In fact, okay. we have very strict security protocols. We are doing okay. this because this is an effective way to protect civilians and to prevent violence without bringing in more guns. If you bring in more right. guns, you bring in more violence. Oh no, no! I, I'm so glad that you reiterated that. That is, it's very important, and I, I, I didn't mean to, to make light of of what you're doing. It's, it's very valuable, and and you are showing that peace is a force in and of itself, and that to me is the most wonderful thing. Um, Mel, if uh, I know that a lot of people out there would say that they they would like to donate to this, and and they might even like to propose themselves as a candidate. How can they get in touch with you, and how can they learn a little bit more about the Nonviolent Peace Force? I invite everybody to visit our website, which is just nonviolentpeaceforce.org. Put in Nonviolent Peace Force, you'll find it. Uh, And there you'll see opportunities to donate. We are, in the United States, a uh, tax-deductible organization, and much of our Revenue from donations comes in during this month. We always hold our breath from now until (laughs) the end of the year. The money that people give allows us to continue doing the work in developing new programs, in uh, recruiting and training people, in bringing our case to the United Nations, which is what I'm doing today in New York, and to make sure that this methodology is available to more and more people. Because, Bart, in the end, this is not about an organization. This is not about nonviolent peace force. This is about an effective methodology that can be practiced by many. That in this time when civilian casualties are rising, as we see again this morning in Aleppo, mm-hmm. that there yes. are practical, effective things that groups can do to protect themselves and others. So by giving to Nonviolent Peace Force, you're helping us to spread this methodology, to spread the learning, so that people around the world can pick this up and start utilizing this to protect themselves and others. So we don't have the just 
heart-ripping events like Aleppo just unfold yes. on our computer screens. Yes. I, oh, it's it's so, you're so right. It is so true that we all, each of us, hold that deep human concern within us. And here you have taken our, our heartfelt wish and laid out an actual action strategy that can be put forth. Ladies and gentlemen, I can think of very little uh, that you could invest in that would be uh, of a greater a greater cause and a greater gift to this world uh, than what I am hearing right now. So, Mel, I want to thank you for coming on the show. You have uh, enlightened and enriched us all, and you've given us a lot of hope. And I thank you, and I hope you'll come back. I look forward to it, Bart, and I, I wish everyone uh, the best of holidays, and may we join together in our spirits and in our souls and in our ability to make 2017 more peaceful. It is within us. We can do it. I thank you, Mel, for those thoughts. And as we round out today's feast, I'm I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's quotation. Uh, And who was the individual who said, many a man's reputation would not know his character if they were to meet each other in the street. (laughs) And as a hint, this... I love that. Isn't that great, Mel? Is, uh, this, this great American uh, 20th century philosopher uh, was quite a character, and he began as a, as a salesman for the Larkin Soap Company. Uh, and remember, if you know the author of this quote, simply scribble his name down as you believe him or her to be. Send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S. B-O-O-K-S dot com, and that will win you an amazingly power-thrusting, career-changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And as a parting shot, uh, and as a Christmas wish uh, to you from my wife's husband, just because business has made the process of purchasing seductively easy does not diminish the need for due diligence of how well this purchase may actually serve you. In other words, just because you can buy it doesn't mean you should. (laughs) And to all you gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Mel and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this and all our shows by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash theartoftheceo. And finally to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege. And I thank you. You're welcome.